0: Hey, all right, we're back. back. Are we back? Yeah, okay. I hit record. Great. Um, so we are. Uh, rounding up the episode Big Cunt Energy. Uh, Dasha was away in Las Vegas, so they did this sort of remote recording session, and actually Gary uh, is also calling in, uh, and he's remote, so yeah, what did you guys think? So, like, general takes, and then maybe we can go into the topics. Like, how how did you guys like the episode Big Cunt Energy? Meg is back, baby! She's back! (laughs) Oh my god.
1: Episode, great Meg. Yeah. Uh, I love that Meg uh, came back with, you know, I think she, she didn't say anything for the first few seconds, and then they're talking about Casio. They got the, the music in the background, and then they're like, what's the guy she beat? He, she beat, his name is Crowley. I think it's Joe Crowley. And then and he, Meg goes, she like, has got, got the that big, big dick, dick energy, energy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> about, <laughs> about Crowley. And it's yeah. so- it
1: just like, this is just perfect Meg yeah
0: I I literally had the exact same thought I was like when when she said that I was like what are you talking about then I was like she's back
1: (laughs) I was so giddy I was so giddy for Meg and uh and Dasha I love the beginning of this episode I don't know what the that uh background music was but it was great and then uh Dasha said you're doing literally amazing sweetie yeah
0: Yeah, there was a real joie de vivre and I couldn't tell if it was because Meg was back or Ocasio-Cortez or what, but it was just, or the, you know, the music that they picked uh, in the background, but it was so uh, lovely. Fun episode, yeah. ladies. Um, Very
1: fun episode. Anna says that um, she,
0: she and Meg are like Puerto Rican lovebirds uh, on the train <laughs> sharing headphones. So I guess I'd say me and, me and Andre are... Well, we're not sharing headphones, but we're, you know, we're also lovebirds That's right. uh, in my living room. We're
2: alone in the, in the living room.
0: Yeah, so, uh... I get, it
2: reminds me of what the Redditors are saying about us. <laughs> I'm, I'm sucking Max off right now, Redditors. You were right, you are right.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, this is really just all, you know, a way for us to hang out. We're too <laughs> awkward to just go to a strip club or do normal male bonding. Uh, so we're just making a podcast about a podcast. Last night, uh max was in his feels because like the redditors
1: said um they were like this is a this roundup it's it's patently bizarre
0: and max is like are we what are we doing you Are we okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it was it was a big accomplishment you know that someone posted our episode like on reddit Yeah. Uh, you know and we didn't even tweet it out are you guys over twitter what's going on no we tweeted it oh we did they might be subscribers. Yeah, I, it.
1: I had deleted Twitter for a bit, and so we hadn't been tweeting much. I saw Andre did a couple tweets, but... Uh, gotcha. Yeah, we we haven't been tweeting that much. Twitter has fucking no engagement anyway.
0: Twitter's definitely not our scene. But anyway, someone uh, someone on Reddit posted the episode, and at first I was kind of like, wow, this is fucking cool. Uh, we have some fans, but quickly this sort of halanxia666... Uh, took over the thread and was like, You know does anyone find it like creepy that this is still going on? you know I see both sides so halanxious six 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 if you 're listening uh, come on the roundup. <laughs> um, let 's get back to o ocasio.
2: everyone is jumping on the ocasio trend it's it 's been fu- what 's been funniest to see is is not that that um, anna and, and dasha and meg would which would be more expected but but the like neoliberal like like the morning joe of it all just morning joe ha- having her on and be like you're great or, like i just hope that she doesn't she doesn't get seduced by the neolibs but i, I don't think she will she seems like a genuinely good person but yeah um,
1: there know. was an article in n plus one about the graphic designers behind the ocasio campaign Wait, you're kidding. like i have to read Matt- that yeah, it's like an interview. It's very long. Uh, uh, Max, as as per usual, was like a uh, quick trigger on just hating. Not like hating, but just being skeptical. Like uh, Max, I think, was calling it a grift like the second the election happened. Well, no, so. I,
0: I just... I uh, Anna says, like, she's talking about watching the campaign video and Ocasio-Cortez has some line that's like, you know, politics was never the plan. And Anna's like, lady... What are you talking about? You have this super manicured, uh, well-produced campaign video, and like you've had a whole career in like activism and, and organizing. Like, that's like politics was definitely always the plan. Uh, and Anna also criticizes her for you know saying abolish ICE. Um, and while I disagree with Anna that, you know, like I think saying abolish ICE is a really good thing, and it's kind of amazing that that has caught on, even if it's you know in some sort of like slogan, mantra, Facebook uh, style of, act, you know, hashtag activism. hashtag activism. It's like, that's a really radical uh, uh, position to abolish. I, so whatever, I disagree with Anna about that. But my point is just, I was happy that Anna was also sort of picking up on this, um, not necessarily the graphic design, but just like just kind of raising some red flags we've all been disappointed you know like remember obama how he
1: sounded in like 2007 or whatever how i i I don't know if i felt that excited but just there was a lot of disillusionment uh, when you have like politician hero worship, and sure. you know, they, they framed it the, pretty well, just like we cult cult of personality. personality.
2: We all thought John Kerry was just like perfect. And, yeah, right. and, you know, and he I'm John died. Kerry.
1: I'm reporting for duty. <laughs> like we were all so excited at the convention in 2004 when he did that salute. Um, but you know, they were talking about Anna just being skeptical so everyone else can just enjoy and celebrate. And like, for me, it's slightly different. It's just like, I like that people like Anna are out there being skeptical so I can feel confirmed in my skepticism. It's like, it's like Nanette, you know, everybody's celebrating Nanette and it makes me feel really good when I find one or two people who uh, don't enjoy enjoy Nanette. Nanette. I think there's something I'm going to take, I'm going to
2: just be earnest here. I I, I, I think the Ocasio thing is—is is, is, she seems genuine? I mean, who knows? You know, obviously there's some there's some cynicism in there, but it's like all her positions are good, you know. Uh, I don't know what what, what can we expect? For, definitely Anna's coming at it from this sort of like reactionary position. They're very. Or, you know, Anna she's a was also very happy
1: about Ocasio. I don't think Anna's or anybody here is saying this is a bad thing. This is not a good thing. This is not an exciting thing. I think Anna is just has her protective, you know, hackles raised to be disappointed and is, like, throwing out some potential warning signs that could, down the road, lead to disappointment. But no one is saying this is bad. No one is saying... Even Anna is saying, like, they were really happy for Ocasio and saw it as a positive development, as I think we all do.
0: Definitely, but I, I, I actually disagree that Anna was, like, genuinely happier. I think despite her attempts to kind of convincingly be like... Uh, I enjoy when people partake in the political process together, when people band together. Like, it just sounded very kind of like... I, th- I think it's, like, more than just hackles. It's, like, she's just a true skeptic contrarian. Like, I, I mean, I-, I think she's excited, but, but I-, I definitely got the sense that, like, of the three of them, she was sort of like, take it or leave it. Well, but what's the claim? Of
1: the, of the three of them, yes, I think she was most skeptical of Ocasio, but on an objective scale you know, uh, for Anna specifically, I think she was basically thinking this is a positive development, but yeah. like, it's not my style to just like, you yeah. know, uh, have an earnest party about it. Like I'm, yeah. a, I'm a critic.
0: I like um, that that Anna sort of like immediately just naming the elephant in the room, which is that Ocasio-Cortez is just very, very beautiful. And right. Anna's like one of the first lines is like hottest member of DSA. <laughs> and I think there's this kind of interesting thing where like liberals are, you know, obviously, you know, men should probably avoid talking about how hot Ocasio-Cortez is to avoid, uh, you know, being sexist and and discrediting her ideas or whatever in favor of of how hot she is. But like, it is just a reality, Um, it's sort of, and Gary, I feel like you were talking about this with uh, Dasha and sailor socialism and just like the movement needing to be kind of aesthetic um yeah
1: then instead of sailor socialism irony what it is is hot latina like julia salazar have you heard of her she's like people are like she's the next ocasio Uh, and she's running in brooklyn for some state uh office and she's amazing looking she's just hot 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 and so the two of them are just like you know it fucking super hot so yeah Yeah. I, i think this is a good aesthetic is like young uh, sexy, uh, Latino women who are like earnest about their like Sanders esque platforms. Like I'll take it.
0: Definitely me too. But I, me too. But, um, <laughs> I think there's something about, uh, you know, it goes back to the graphic design and the polished campaign ad. There's something about, um, liberalism that, you know, there's this idea of like a meritocracy, like anyone can do anything, like anyone can date anyone. Uh, you know, any, you know, some poor person can rise up and be like president. Are of the you United saying, States, uh, but- Hannah
1: Gadsby couldn't run for office because <laughs> of
0: how she looks like a bloke? I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> Hannah Gadsby could not be, uh, you know, you know, her popularity would be limited based on how she looks and, uh, Ocasio-Cortez's popularity is, is, uh, you know, just the fact, uh, the way that she looks is, is a really big deal. And liberals, it's almost like a taboo to talk about it. So it's funny for Anna to keep uh, talking <laughs> about how hot she is. It's funny for a woman Kennedy, to like... Kennedy was extremely hot. You know, I think it matters a lot.
1: Yeah, Even Obama Bill was hot. Uh, yeah, and, not anymore, old. But, and, and uh, and just, sorry, but I, fucking Abdul El-Sayed is another interesting case because he's kind of in the, the Michigan uh, guy, Ocasio sphere. He's running for governor in Michigan. Is he hot? And he's like... Maybe not as traditionally hot as like Ocasio or Salazar. Well, I often or like have Obama this... in his prime, or but he's like a good looking guy. he's thirty two and he's and he's like a doctor mm. and he's running. I think it's like this sub thirty five minimally attractive, sort of socialist, earnest vibe. Uh, you know, it has a certain sex appeal, and you know, I don't think it's gonna be the sailor suit, sadly.
0: That that moment maybe has passed politically. Yeah. But uh, but I think uh, I think there's something kind of uh suspicious about that. And and Anna is sort of like, no, I'm excited that these ideas she was like, more than being excited about Ocasio-Cortez the candidate, I'm excited that these ideas uh can triumph. And I think that uh The vast majority of, you know, news media liberals on Twitter uh, are very, very excited about Ocasio-Cortez, the candidate, and not her ideas necessarily. Um, And, I mean, I think her ideas are are catching on in in the mainstream for sure, but I think it's just, like, she represents this sort of, like, rebranded Obama in a way. Like, Obama you know, Bernie Bernie Sanders version or yeah, something mo- like that. Most people are just
1: thinking, what is my feel for this person? Are they one of us? And do they make me feel like I'm going to be part of something that is meaningful? Uh, and, you know, just like I was talking to a very old uh, man, an 88-year-old man, and he was sort of saying... I have an instinct. He he's listening I think Trump's an idiot, but he's like I instinctively hate Bernie Sanders. Something about his sort of self-denying Judaism. He's- and then on Ocasio, he's <laughs> like, she's a goodie. She's good. No, but there the the Bernie thing, the Jews. There's also like the grandpa Jews
2: are like they have this weird beef with Bernie. They're kind of jealous of Bernie. I've I've encountered this <laughs> myself, No, and also and also just like years of sort of Clinton liberalism have like rotted their brands a bit. You know, it's it's. It's delicate. Well,
1: anyone exactly your age or roughly in your age is suspicious. Basically, like, uh, anyone who you, <laughs> You're like, anyone oh, who's no, like no, no, roughly no. my age, I basically think they're full of shit. So yeah. you know, older oh, or younger yeah. is what I'm down with. Uh,
0: but and I one bad take.
1: Just sorry, ahead.
0: Just back to the. I didn't read the N plus one article about the graphic design. I have to check that out. But I was just the lesson for me with Trump's campaign was just his graphic design, his campaign messaging. Everything was just this incoherent mush of just tackiness. And like, I think that tackiness is actually the most populist thing about him. Right. It's just like, This is had, America. Yeah, this it's like- just like his logo was fucking batshit. Like, it had the sort of like, you know, s- sexual. The hats. Uh, Don't
1: discount the hats. The hats.
0: Was- like, everything about it. What it was so were you
1: going to say, sexual? About like, Trump's the, logo?
0: The uh, T and the P. People were like pointing out how it looked like uh the p was like fucking the t i can't remember exactly but it was like whatever i mean it was just it was just really easy to ridicule because of how bad it was and then hillary's campaign the
1: p P was fucking the t from all the way across the word (laughs) no no it
0: was just their logo at one point for a very brief period was just just t and p uh and it was just whack and funny and everyone was like ha 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 this idiot like didn't hire this like $10 million graphic design firm to do all their, you know, or didn't hire this uh, consultant to write the campaign script. And uh, so I think there's something pop, you know, it's like nothing truly popular. Like you should be suspicious of good graphic design is my point. Um, Yeah um, Anna on
1: abolish ice. I think this was probably one of the dumbest takes I've ever heard from Anna, which was, um, open borders verges on neoliberalism because the, the, the idea of open borders, she says is to let them all in so that they can be precarity workers. And then then Anna was like, you know, all these abolish ice people, I'm suspicious of them because, you know, I'm still waiting for like the think tank aesthetic proposal. She, Anna is basically like, who's so skeptical of any sort of neoliberal think yeah. tank anything is now skeptical of abolish ICE because it doesn't have sufficient uh, think tank. Yeah. Uh, that was weird. Also, she it.
2: was she was like factually wrong of like what ICE does, and a lot of people get this wrong. That that she's like, well, we'll just have open borders. Like ICE is an agency devoted to like apprehending you know uh, immigrants within the, you know, within the the heartland of the country, which is to say, like, not at the border. There's, like, Customs and Border Patrol handles that. So it's literally, like, people who are already in America, in Kansas, in New York, in wherever, and just people going, you know, ICE agents going and finding them and arresting them somewhere in the country. So, like, that was just a factual... Yeah, you Anna,
0: Anna was kind of like, and I thought this was a little trolly. It was like, I very much look forward to hearing Ocasio-Cortez's policy on how, what she plans to do about abolishing ICE. Uh, yeah, and it's like, but but I, I thought that moment, and and by the way, like obviously that's a stupid take. Anna Anna's take on ICE is stupid, but uh, I think what she's getting at is maybe not so stupid, which is we should we should uh, take this candidate seriously. We should not just like. Uh, you know succumb to the cult of personality we should ask them tough questions just because like they're super hot and and say some uh, and have some proposals that sound like Bernie Sanders like we should st- still take them seriously but the other thing I was going to say was I thought that moment when she's talking about uh, uh, ICE uh, provided Dasha a nice opportunity to like disagree with Anna in this kind of gentle Dasha sailor socialist way like uh, you know she's like to Anna basically uh, she's they're talking about abolishing. Anna is saying it freaks her out when people are like abolish ICE or abolish uh, prisons because she's like what would you do in place? You're going to let the criminals out in society and Dasha is kind of like well I think you know in this very sweet way like well I think uh, you know the idea is more rehabilitative and not to just lock people up and and then she's like do we even need ICE? Like I don't know I just kind of it's kind of nice when they disagree and like Dasha is also just you know Dasha was energized
1: by the Bernie campaign in a pretty like earnest way. She was saying she had no interest really in politics whatsoever uh, before the Bernie campaign. And so, you know, I think she's kind of saying, Hey, like Anna, like I appreciate the skepticism, but also like uh, prison reform or radical prison reform is good and let's not just like dismiss it and be a reactionary. So yeah, there was a kind of little sweet dialogue there, which they capped off the discussion uh, where, you know, they kind of jokingly talked about Anna having having her skepticism, uh, you know, serve as... Right, as she's little, holding uh, that for everyone. Right, she's sort of doing it for everyone. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite Meg moment in the history of the Red Scare, I think, where Anna is saying... Look, we're not in Treblinka passing around uh, the final <laughs> little piece of crust, and then Meg says, "Piece of ass."
0: <laughs> I liked that. That was funny. <laughs> it
1: was really
2: good.
0: Fuck yeah! It what feels great to have Meg back. What was she talking back. about? Like, they and were also it was funny. They were also just so jazzed to have Meg back. It's like even though Dasha was in L.A., like they had they had to overcome the sort of. I mean, sorry. Yeah, even though Dasha was in Vegas, they had to overcome the the weird uh, recording thing. Like they were clearly just so happy to be back, the three of them. They were making each other laugh, saying "retard." It was great, <laughs> good fun episode. Um, yeah, they they were clearly having fun and enjoying being friends. And
1: Meg, I think you know, had another. I guess this is a good segue into a good seg into BDE. Mm-hmm. Uh, another mag she says about ariana grande uh she was like i read a really funny stupid tweet uh which was why don't they call her venti about ariana (laughs) grande and anna was like because she's small but venti if i'm not mistaken is the largest size at starbucks i didn't look up what the word venti means in like italian but venti i think is like extra large yeah uh, but she was like, Why don't they call her Ariana Venti? And Anna was like, What? And then Meg goes, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> like a retard stoner lap. It made me think Meg's just kind of like a, a fun, a big fun stoner. Yeah. And in the, pre- in the premium episode, she talks about uh, taking Welbutrin. So just like the idea of like, Wellbutrin stoner producing the podcast. Like, I'm just <laughs> feeling like I just feel like I want to delete all our old episodes where we ever hated on Meg, basically. Yeah, Meg
0: was funny. I, I liked uh, at one point they're talking about dick size and there's a sort of disagreement. Like Dasha says that tall men have big dicks. And then Anna's like, no, it's the shortest men that have the biggest dicks. Uh, you know, it's like it's like men from Queens and Staten Island who are like, you know, have high metabolism and work out constantly or something and uh meg is like i think that this is a bit of a coastal analysis she's just like
2: <laughs> bringing the ohio yeah
0: perspective. and then anna has this funny line like i've only seen one big dick in my life and it belonged to my cousin and she's like J- <laughs> just kidding Dodge says anna yeah uh and then Dodge was like how long was it and and i was like i i don't even want to get into it she's so Here's flustered a question
2: let's talk about the dick length here what uh, when we say he has a ten inch dick is that flaccid or erect? Like what? That's erect. That's got to be erect. Okay. Yes. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like what?
0: Thank you okay. for no thank one is you, talking uh, about a ten inch flaccid. Thank you, Andre, traffic. for clarifying that for <laughs> listeners. But yeah, uh, but I mean, at the
1: end it was interesting. At the very end of the show when they were rating Ocean's Eight, and we'll get back to that on the on the dick length scale. Um, Anna or somebody, Anna was like, I will give it five inches, and then um meg says is that flaccid and it's like a five inch flaccid dick is huge yeah right. a five a a five inch erect dick is relatively small so like it's just to say there are some naive misunderstandings i think that's when adorable. you start to talk about dick size that way
2: grower not a shower you know classic uh
1: back True to that meg meg worked at planned parenthood another yeah, meg respect. sort of uh that was do-bitter.
0: interesting or like her story about that was kind of funny about yeah. women coming in and uh, just being like, you know, my boyfriend, he's really big. Like, is this IUD going to fall out or whatever? Uh-huh. They say Anna says
1: the vagina is a bottomless pit of negative energy, <laughs> yeah. and then and then Dasha says the vaginal canal as gr- as a grave, and that oh, is a wow. reference to a book, a famous book of so sort of a- analytic theory called "The Rectum Is a Grave." Wow! A theory, a deep which Whoa. I uh, at my um, at my analyst's uh, office, uh, I was. You know, he's got a big bookshelf, and I noticed he had two copies, like not next to each other, of the rectum as a grave. <laughs> and uh, wow, so what do you, what uh, is it about? Do you think? Uh, well, I got. It, I told somebody about it, and then they got it for me as a birthday gift. So I've, I've you should sk- give it, give it to your analyst. Uh, so it's three. I copies. don't really remember, like gay stuff freud probably yeah yeah gay gay stuff
2: uh i hope the uh reddit commenters get it for us as a present (laughs) That's
0: yeah uh that's the thing is i feel like just back to reddit i feel like the reddit (laughs) community has gone from being like these guys are fags to like these guys are fucking creepy like (laughs) like the the tone of our reddit hate has really changed uh in the last couple of episodes
2: wait I need to. I just need to put down my Anna, Dasha, Meg, Voodoo dolls for a second. Okay, what's?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. The skin. The comment about like us wearing their skin. <laughs> um, I had to do like some CSI level forensics when
1: Meg says STI shame because I was like, okay, this is insane. Like this makes no sense. You're talking about. BDE and borderline personality disorder, and then when I like literally slowed down the podcast, Anna to hear says Anna, HPV. Under her breath, said HPV. Yeah, so I was like, thank God. Okay, Dasha t- has talked about b- BPD a lot. So in the she she brought up. You mean BPD, borderline personality disorder? Yes. Yeah. About uh, Pete Davidson sort of, like, suggesting there might be rumors in the comedy community about him having borderline no, or press on— No, he,
0: he has, un- has said—I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I've listened to his interview on Mark Maron, uh, where he <laughs> says, really I have borderline yikes. personality disorder. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so, so that, that's, like—it is a—it a com- is—you're right, it is, like, a comedy world thing, because, like, Mark Maron, but, uh, but it's a known it fact— was-
1: It was one of those things where I was like, is she sort of flossing kind of knowledge about like she listened to that or knows about flossing kind of like connection to the comedy community and all its trivia. But she said BPD enough times that I thought it was another one of Dasha's kind of like uh, not quite cries for help. Um, but where she talks about drinking or she talks about childhood trauma or she kind of repeats something a few times and it's it's, it's, it's trying to tell you something about herself. So I feel like Dasha's gone down the BPD rabbit hole in one way or another in her
0: life. Yeah. and, um, And there's something there. Oh, definitely. What did you guys think of Big Dick Energy, the phenomenon, like the article? Like, what did you... Overall, just like, what are your impressions of this entire meme? It was so fucking...
1: New York. Met. I, I appreciate that that uh, Anna's first take on it was it was about clicks. Like it just mm. felt like somebody tweeted in like Red Scare jason fields. Like all of you have stupid bitch energy, mm. and so like yeah, I get it. Like I, I, people were talking about big dick energy before this article about Anthony Bourdain. Like someone had tweeted Anthony Bourdain had big dick energy. I remember before this came out. Interesting and. And so it was starting to bubble a little bit. Well, that's the uh, origin,
2: beforehand. by the way. And it was like it's again one of these things where it's sort of like it bubbled up on Black Twitter and then got sort of like co-opted by the mainstream media.
0: Interesting. Wait, what yeah. was the origin? of There big dick was energy? this
2: woman, African American woman, tweeted about Anthony Bourdain. This was like the first appearance of it, or in the in recent times, tweeted about Anthony Bourdain having B- big dick energy, and he had, and she did it sort of like. Two days after he died, or like pretty soon after he died, wow. and it was sort of like this, like controversial, but people kind of loved to tweet, and that sort of started this whole, this whole. Yeah, that's right. Tweet.
0: Yeah, it definitely became the whitest thing on the internet ever. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I just felt like it was just like it was. Everyone like woke culture has just completely crammed the the sexual energy out of people, and especially I think women, whammin. And I think this was a way for, like, lame basics to express a kind of animal sexual desire by talking about big dicks and big dick energy and sexual power. Yeah. But it was done in such a fucking the cut white
0: girl. Yeah. Uh, lame But it, it was just... Way. But, it, you know, it was just a... Uh, a uh a bit of sex positivity in the media at a time when everything you read is like, this person raped this person, this, you know, Handmaiden's Tale. I've never seen that, but it's just like, you know, it's just a, I I thought like it's understandable that people would want to talk about sex. Like there are no sex scenes in movies anymore. Like it's just, we're just living in a time when like it's, and this is why Anna and Dasha's podcast feels so refreshing. It's just women expressing any positive, Uh, thoughts are about sex about you know sexuality uh about dicks
1: yeah it was definitely like a a big giant vent from the world who was sick of being like having the sex stomped out of them by the discourse so in that sense like great but like i wish it was funnier more artful or whatever it was just like i just like i can just picture the most basic girls doing like a little basic like Semi dance move in their apartment, saying BDE,
0: or <laughs> yeah. whatever, and it just
1: it makes me so uh, disgusted with with Whammon. And
0: They have the 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 bookshelf, the vertical bookshelf, the vertical <laughs> bookshelf. From where is that from? That bookshelf. Maybe uh, 2 You mean in Red Scare world? It's the Soylent Bros apartment bookshelf, right? But I, I meant more like, what store is it from? Uh, <laughs> I can't say. I mean, you know, I'm sure uh, CB2 did not invent it. Right. But... Uh, I'm sure it was actually probably some legit designer in like 1960. I also
2: speculated whether Tim Kaine had BDE. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is, has anyone
1: made, like I was sort of waiting for my own brain to come up with a good like BDS, BDE mm, uh, uh, connection. But yeah, I, I don't think, I, I can't think posted, of anything genuinely Let's talk for
2: for a second about about Pete Davidson himself. He seems like, such a grifter like i don't even i I, i've seen like one stand-up special he's like barely even in snl and he somehow managed to sort of become this like mega celebrity through his dating choices i just think mean kind of respect to him but he does seem like a mega grifter
0: so young. He's 24 years old, and everyone is just so gay. He looks for him. like he's 37. Everyone is just yeah. in love with him. Like, he's just a charming little boy who's talking about how his daddy died on 9 11. Like, everyone's just like, I want to take care of this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. he just has this vibe. He's just kind of like. I know, I feel like, uh, Gary, You, we've talked about him. You don't like him. Uh,
1: I, fi- I find your warmth and affection for Pete Davidson totally baffling. <laughs> to me, he looks like a fucking cigarette, and he should be. <laughs> Fucking thrown in a gut. I, I, spe- it. I, speak- I can't speak I can't I can't speak to He is, his and look. I agree with Andre that he's a total grifter. Like he's just trying to date people with status. Yeah. And who I feel like he's the- kind of a sociopath in that way. Like he's, he's a sociopath the way that
0: anyone who's in Gen Z is a sociopath. Like I think the part that feels refreshing about Pete Davidson to me, or at least historically, like I haven't I've avoided reading anything about the Ariana Grande Pete Davidson thing. Like it's just annoying to me. But Uh, Historically, I liked him because I did, uh, as I mentioned, hear this riveting uh, Mark Maron podcast interview with him. And he's just talking so openly about his mental illness in this way that it's just people do not speak that way, especially successful people do not talk about how shitty their lives are and how uh, you disagree. I can't
1: believe you're such a sucker for this shit. That's part of the grift. It's like it's. One second after Bourdain died, you were at the cutting edge of, ske- of Anna-esque skepticism. I was Whereas beyond someone Anna. goes on Mark Marin and performatively talks about ha- having a mental illness, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, my God. It's he's part really of the out there saying he's been- the Being Gen mentally Z ill grift. is so no. basic now. It's the chillest thing you could be is, oh, I, I actually have a uh, mental disorder. It's what if really
0: straight men are talking about mental illness in public? I think anybody who's not, like,
1: basically in politics like wants to go out there and say they have like bipolar
0: but did their dad die in
1: 9-11 that is the one cool thing like that is the one really unique thing about and him. are they He's making like out, jokes
0: are they making funny 9-11 jokes and their dad died in
1: 9-11 that was his that's what won him fame i think is he like went yeah. on the roast and and made the the 9-11 jokes about his own dad frying and stuff so yeah okay you know, okay uh, respect he, i just find it i just find i just find the whole thing phony. And I find his, I feel bad for him to be honest, because I think he is genuinely actually kind of like feels like this pinch me. I'm dreaming. I can't believe this like hot, super desirable, super high status, super wealthy pop star is in love with me. And I think he's like, I'm the luckiest man. I'm the luckiest man. But I don't think when you're on a manic upswing like that, it's, it's going to crash. Like he's an, he's an addict. He has BPD she's extremely PD, young BPD, like their shit's yeah. gonna their shit is gonna blow up on them and i actually feel kind of bad for them so it's not like I, it's all hate i just find the cultural uh garbage disposal that spits out people magazine articles about how cute they are to be irritating
2: their goals <laughs> goals yeah you're right you're um, goals the uh, yeah and he he ditched Cassie david who's
0: I'm I'm a fan, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Cassie David I love is Kazzy. like I'm sure Kazzy David is like a total psychopath, uh, but at the same time, like going from Cassie David to Ariana Grande is just baffling decision to make from a you know from the perspective of not knowing anything about these people at all. You don't find Ariana Grande desirable, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're like, what about what was that thing where like. um guys would take off their shirts and have like a gut and Dad I was like okay dad and, then, bod. and then they were like it's dad bod and then and then dasha says like very definitively like a half second later dad bod yeah and then also earlier when a remote says, recording session there's a lag yeah, and anna, anna says spinner and then same exact time delay later and dasha says spinner and so i felt like that was all about the remote recording and i yeah. loved it
0: was, that was good shit. I was,
2: by the way, just screaming Dad Bod in the exact same remote recording situation.
0: <laughs> DadBot. Um,
1: Meg, to close out the segment, uh, which I thought was like a good, sort of somewhat surprising uh, Meg take at the end was they were sort of like, so anything else on, on BDE? And Meg was like, ugh, I don't want to meet anyone with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then Anna's like, I don't want to meet anyone with a big dick ever, personally. <laughs> I think I forget what the context was. They were talking about why is big dick energy popular, and they were saying you know something to do with like uh, you know positive images of fatherhood or or the patriarchy and like this appetite for um, talking about masculinity in a in a positive light because of Trump. Um, uh, Anna says like everybody is obsessed with fatherhood lately. It's like repulsive, and, I'm, and I was just thinking like first of all, you guys made a. A Father's Day episode. Maybe you're talking about yourself. And second of all, is just the like weight of like you know your father having passed away. And like I don't know, it was just a, it was an interesting moment. Mm. Uh, her finding it repulsive how how people are talking about fatherhood so much. Sort of spinner. A spinner. Uh-huh. Uh, should we go to Ocean's Eight? Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> they they all saw uh, all three women saw Ocean's 8 separately, sounds like, uh, in separate theaters. Uh, uh, Dasha saw it at the Alamo Draft House, and she's complaining about how she saw it with um, a movie theater f- like, like the baby screening time or like the matinee when like all the moms brought their babies. And she, I think she was saying it in a kind of positive way because she was like, you could just talk at a normal volume and it was totally chill. Uh, okay. But Anna was like, I, I can't believe anyone would bring a baby to a movie theater. Like, I think babies should not be allowed in movie theaters, airplanes, like. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Dasha's right. kind of like, you know, I mean, if they, like, she starts to sort of defend bringing a baby to a movie theater. Uh, Anna sort of has this thing about uh, her wanting to, like, oh, yeah, just Anna, when she went to see the movie, is like, everyone in the theater was this sort of, like, slovenly single woman, uh-huh. single uh, it was just like the theater was filled with slovenly single women and I wanted to like shout at everyone here at here. Like I- I'm here for work. Like I'm not here cause I want to, like I'm doing research. And, uh, Dash was like, maybe they were doing research too or something. Yeah. Uh, um, any other memorable, uh, parts? Well, did you, have you guys seen the movie? No. Have you?
2: No. Yeah, well, I okay. liked when Anna, Anna was like was like kind of trolling, like pro diversity take. She's like, yeah, well they had Rihanna and she's black and they had some other, but then she's like, well, what about the Muslim?
1: What about the fat chick? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why wasn't Megan McCarthy in this uh, movie? And then we're all thinking Melissa McCarthy, Melissa McCarthy, Melissa McCarthy, uh, and then Dasha goes, meh. <laughs> like she wants to correct her, but can't quite think of the she name. She doesn't yeah.
0: I'm with Dasha on this. I have no idea who either of these people are.
1: You know who Melissa McCarthy is. I think she's is. like, she's in Bridesmaids
0: she, or something. She's in Bridesmaids. Yeah. And then she also did the Sean
1: Spicer impression. Famously. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Um, I think Anna has a point, you know, like it, that this movie, which was like, so obviously like such a big part of it was just like, look how diverse the cast is. And like, I, I mentioned this earlier but at the very end Anna's like I can't wait until they make Ocean's two and a half for retards like and it's just like it's true if you're gonna if you're gonna like remake these films and try to highlight diversity like where do you stop why not have a mentally retarded person like uh, star in your film I
1: love, I love that. I love that they were talking. They were just introducing the cast, and they just drop Aquafina like she's like a known celeb. They're like, so it starred like Kate Blanchett and and Rihanna, and Aquafina was in it. Yeah, it's like who the fuck knows who Aquafina is.
0: I know who she is, but I, I don't know, know why. Not just from I do too. Not, also, not so, just I, from dude, but like something else. Like I feel like she had. She's a rapper.
1: Yeah, and but... And I feel like maybe like, I knew one of
0: her songs. For whatever reason, her name... I, I do think she's kind of, like, indie indie famous. To,
1: to me, she still feels like she needs to be described, unlike a sort of Rihanna or a Kate yeah. Blanchett. You need to say, Aquafina, who's a rapper and has a bunch of Instagram followers or something like yeah. that. <laughs> what about the uh, the... The nibbling, everyone's always nibbling uh, and snacking, and it's a reference to I guess Brad Pitt's character used to do that in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. And then uh, Anna says the only the only one in that cast who eats who actually eats is Mindy Kaling, which yeah. uh, reminded reminded me of the Sarah Sanders uh, calories joke. Like she has a mind. Sarah Sanders getting kicked out of the Red Hen because she not because of her politics. Not because of the calories, Yeah. She so is, just
0: Anna, totally fearless about calling women overweight. Anna had another joke, kind of like a similar setup, where she was like talking about centrists and Nancy Pelosi, and like, she's like, I think they need the Mo Green treatment, just like a bullet through their head, like, uh, not because of their politics, but because they're fucking old. Uh,
1: Nancy Pelosi uh, has been it been bad, been very bad. She has I I learned I didn't realize that Nancy Pelosi was so rich. I just learned oh, on yeah. Twitter that she has thirty million dollars. Oh, Jesus, why? Her husband's owns, very her, rich. Yeah, I think her husband's really rich. Yeah. She and Diane Feinstein are both like multi, multi, multi. You know, I think yeah. Diane Feinstein's even much more wealthy and uh both have the same like wig or whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the fashion show. They talk about uh Anna Anna either coins this term or like the Met Gala industrial complex. That was good. uh, Which, you know, she's talking about that scene. It leads to a conversation about Sandra Bullock and she's like, Sandra Bullock looks like the type of bitch you would want to rob on the red carpet.
2: (laughs) What did you get? What do you guys think Sandra Bullock, Jennifer Aniston, Beauty? They were like, Anna's obsessed that neither of them are attractive.
0: I 100% Uh, feel her. (laughs) It was (laughs) so unremarkable and boring. I mean, Jennifer, like maybe when I was like 10 years old, I thought, Right. Both of them were attractive, but uh, just so generic.
1: On- yeah, like I I never I never felt like a real stirring in my loins for Aniston despite her status as like world's hottest lady back in the day or whatever. But for something about Sandra Bullock, I think she sort of has this sort of cat-like quality that I think is not totally bland in the way that Aniston is bland, and she seems like she's got like a nice she's like more strong jewish, fucking jewish jewish adjacent i'd say uh-huh. yeah like i feel like bullock that i'm not sure I, yeah. I i feel more like i want to look into bullock and uh i think she's also aged really well but like yeah they're i'm i'm with her that they're like overrated a lot of makeup
0: uh listeners um very excited to announce we have a special guest on the podcast today uh dasha's father is actually calling in from las vegas um, And we're really excited to hear what he has to say. He just called in. Nikolai, how's it going?
3: It's very hot here in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm calling in. I'm very upset. Dasha's here now, but she's leaving to go back to Brooklyn to do podcast. I'm telling her, no money in the podcast. It's all for nerds. We we have a great thing going here. Uh, We run... Erotic review in uh, in Las Vegas. Much more money. You got the tourists, the locals, and Dasha is very talented. I tell her all the time. She she is a dancer and at heart. And she need she need to to move back to Vegas and and do the dance.
0: Uh, Nikolai, you know that Dasha and Anna and Meg are making like over four thousand dollars a month on their Patreon.
3: The, I mean, Britney Spears making uh, $4 million a night in Vegas, okay? There's a lot more money in Vegas than in uh, nerd Brooklyn, okay? <laughs> and uh, don't get me started on the boyfriend, uh, the Jew nerd. <laughs> Dasha, you need to move back to Vegas and uh, find a real man, uh, maybe from a uh, Russian community here in uh, Vegas. Seems
0: like pretty serious with Adam. She's, she's talking about converting to Judaism.
3: No, no. Russian Orthodox 100%. She need to she need to stay Russian Orthodox. You know, the she's uh, yeah, she's trying to be an actress. She need to be a dancer. That is uh, the Nekrasov family tradition and uh, I expect her to continue it. It is. uh, It's at the Golden Nugget. It's in downtown Vegas, not the Strip. Mm. So people think, oh, it's trashy. No, it's tasteful. The Strip. People who know know the Strip is not really where the action is. It is. uh, It's downtown. You know what is the what they call it? The uh, uh, Fremont Street experience. (laughs) You know. (laughs) It's. Right. That's that's uh, where the action is. This, this strip is all uh, you know, an illusion. The, this you got to be downtown, and yeah, it's it's erotic review but tasteful, very tasteful. You know, the men are wearing tongues, like I wear a thong in the in the dance. You know, it's it's all it's just to titillate uh, the tourists, but but nothing too. You know, this isn't a spearmint rhino here, you know. Uh,
0: Who is your favorite person on the Red Scare podcast besides Dasha?
3: Meg. I love Meg. Meg is like uh, my second daughter, you know. Uh,
0: what What's the what's the problem with Anna?
3: You know, I already have a, a Russian adjacent daughter. I don't need two, you know. It's too much. Uh,
0: all right, Nikolai, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you. And Dasha, if you're listening, come back to Vegas Dance, this is where you belong.